Hello and welcome to another episode of A Composer's Journey. And in this episode, we're going to be talking with a professional music editor and film composer. And music editing is one of the most important and interesting jobs on the musical side of filmmaking. So we'll be talking about what music editing is and why it plays such a critical role in the process of filmmaking. So without further ado, let me introduce Sebastian Suleta. So Sebastian has been a music editor for a huge number of projects. Most recently, he was music editor of Apple TV's new adventure film, Finch, starring Tom Hanks. And that film is about the friendship between a hyper-realistic robot, his creator, Finch, and a dog on a post-apocalyptic earth. And that film premiered in November and it's now streaming. But Sebastian is also the music editor of Hulu's hit series, Wu-Tang, an American saga, and season two just finished a few weeks ago. He's also music editor of Disney's Encanto and the upcoming animated film Rumble, which premieres in February of 2022. And he's also worked alongside composers such as Hans Zimmer on the film Angels and Demons and Heita Pereira on the Despicable Me series, amongst others. And he composes film music himself. So that's quite a list of credits there. So anyway, welcome, Sebastian. How are you doing? Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Awesome. So I want to start with the job of music editing, because a lot of people don't really know what music editing is um, and, and how important or how often this, this work comes up in film. So could you tell us about what it is that you do with music editing? Yeah, I think music editing is uh, is key, especially in a project where there's a lot of involvement, like music and a lot of uh, moving parts. Uh, it's a great uh, asset for the composer, but also for the director. So the music editor can start as early on as before even uh, production starts. Like if there's if it's a musical or, or or something where you need like pre-recorded tracks. But basically, m my my role there is to to uh, basically serve the story uh, musically. Uh, serve the vision and work with the director to find the tone of the music in the film when we're doing temping and during like director's cuts and, and before the composer is involved. And when the composer is involved is work and support the composer in realizing the vision that the, that the director has for the film. So there's many uh, things we can maybe zoom in and, and, and see, but uh, that's an, over, an overview of, of uh, what I do. So early on, I suppose you start with the temp and a temp score is is temporary music before the final product is written. So could you tell us what your job is with producing temps? Yeah, so around that time, we're, the, the cut is still in flux. The, the director is working with the editor, putting the cut together, and there is no music. Maybe the composer is not involved yet. Maybe we don't know who the composer is going to be. So my role is to... Uh, I have a library with all the soundtracks from all previous films and also albums and, 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 and music that can serve as, as a score and, uh, and also maybe songs. Sometimes I can pull some songs and basically just placing, finding the, where the music should come in in a scene or come out. I have discussions with a, with a, a director about what he has in mind for the, for the tone of the film, instrumentation, style. Maybe if he has some composers or, or things that he, he sees the movie uh, of like having or, or like the style and, and the color and then just trying different things and maybe putting music to pick like to the same scene, different types of, of, of scores, different uh, versions of the same uh, scene with different music and, and really fine tuning what 
what the tone of the music is going to be and, and what the role of, of the music in each scene, what the purpose is and trying to find that and, and define that for the director. So when the composer comes, comes on board, there's a clear picture of, of what the music should be. When you're producing a temp, presumably that happens alongside the editing, because sometimes I know sort of from my experience, at least that editors want, uh, editors sometimes want music to help them edit a scene because they almost want the tempo of the music to help them with their cuts, to help them figure out how this scene will look with music. So presumably that happens along with the film being edited. Yes, there's, I mean, there, I think the, during that time, I'm very close, close uh, working very closely with the, with the editorial department and the editor, because sometimes they, they would actually, you're right, pick songs and cut the music, cut the picture to that music and, and you know, tweak it. Sometimes they would ask me like, hey, do you have some pieces of music that maybe feel this way or, or are in a certain like a pace that, that might need? And I can suggest a few and they can pick and, and edit the, the scene uh, in, over that music. Or, or, uh, or sometimes they would just like, you know, for example, on, on Finch, uh, I, I would get like a whole third act with no music, just like an assembly cut, basically following the, the, the script and, and something that the editor put together. And I would just go in and kind of like watch the, the, I mean, this is early cuts. Like the, the whole third act was, was maybe an hour too long or something, you know, cause the, the, it still hasn't been trimmed or fine tuned. So I would go in and just start placing music in the moments that I think uh, it should, we should have music to support the emotion and then have that back and forth with, with the director is kind of like, Oh, maybe music shouldn't go here. M music should, should actually, uh, emphasize this moment. Uh, and, and then kind of like fine tune. And then towards the end, that third act will become like a lot, lot shorter and we can, you know, continue fine tuning what music and what its purpose is. Right. So yeah. if you have temp music, what does that mean when you then want to hire a composer? How much because, because what you sometimes see, I think, in Hollywood, and I think this is fair to say without sort of criticizing anyone's jobs, is sometimes you see music in film or in TV which sounds very much like other bits of famous music or things where composers have had to stick very closely with a temp track. They've had to almost emulate or mock the temp track. And actually, even with John Williams, John Williams all the way back with Star Wars, I think George Lucas was temping it with Hulse the Planet. And so there are definitely moments in the Star Wars soundtrack which... Yeah. Um, which resemble Holst the Planets, and it's not, it's not plagiarism, or it is a different piece of music, but how much leeway does a composer typically have um, with temp music? Do you expect them to really follow the temp music, or do you give them a bit more creative freedom? I mean, I think it depends a lot on the process, on the director, on the, um, I think ultimately, like, the, the, the conversations that are had, and, and, and the time that we have to, to finish the score, and because and, I, I can see, like, when that happens, which I think it, it's, it's, um, basically I, I, I usually strive like work towards that not happening. Like whenever we can replace the temp with something original and, and, and I, that's what we should strive for because I, I think ultimately it, it, we find a better results. Like just the, the, the score, the original score has something that's original, that's unique. That's the DNA of the film. So when you try to like copy in, you know, uh, or, or get very close to what the temp is doing, it, it's, it's, I personally don't like that. And I, I know most, most composers, if not all don't like that either, but, uh, um, but I think it's, it, it comes down to the, yeah, the conversations and sometimes like composers can try replacing it, but there is this thing where the filmmakers are attached to the temp because they've been listening to it 
in that scene for months, sometimes years. Mm. Uh, and, and so it's very hard for them to, to picture something different or to be open maybe to something different. And like you said, sometimes the, the temp, the, the picture was cut to the temp. So the timing is just perfect. Everything is working like towards that music that was cut there as temp music. So it, I, it, there is definitely a challenge to replace it. Uh, in, in some specific scenes, I've been in situations where they're like, well, can we just license what's in the temp and use it? Mm. Um, and, and, um, you know, it, it, I think ultimately if it serves the story and it works every, we're all there to serve the story and the director's yeah. vision. But I, 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 that what the concept of temp, temp love, uh, is, is something that we all struggle with. And, and I know some composers that will just maybe during spotting, listen to the temp and then turn it off and I'd listen to it again. Um, and, 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 and especially when the composer and the director have like, uh, uh, a close relationship where they have like conversations about how to overcome that and, and they're both open to it, it, it we ultimately get to the best, best music, I believe. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great answer. Cause, um, I mean, there was a famous case with 2001, a space odyssey as well, where I think, um, Stanley Kubrick got very attached to the temp and Alex North composed a soundtrack which a lot of people think was a little off the mark um and stanley kubrick went with the music that we know today the famous strauss also sprach zarathustra and um the other strauss uh the other strauss waltz and uh that music works really well but that was originally temp music and stanley kubrick decided to stick with the temp music for the final film um and some say alex north the composer didn't even realize until the premiere of the film that his music had been um thrown away <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a very harsh and famous story, but that, that doesn't, as far as I know, doesn't typically happen nowadays. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I must say too, I think there, there is a fine balance between, between, uh, temp love and just using the temp to our advantage as, yeah. as storytellers, because I mean, I, I temp one scene like 40 different times with different score, different styles ranging from like, uh, you know, it, it was an action sequence and you can have like, just like percussions and, and percussion and like different ethnic woodwinding instruments, just scoring the whole thing. Or you can score like a transformers and using like that as temp score and, and anything in between just to get, get an idea of maybe what's working tonally with the film and the overall sequence. So that's something that allows me to do that fairly quickly. Whereas if you ask a composer to write 40 different versions of, of a four or six yeah. minute cue, that will take them a long time. And th this way, like we can say like, this is working, this is not working. This, th this definitely doesn't work. Uh, we're going this route and, and that can inform us of, of what, what, yeah, what's best for the film. And then also even placing music. Like I, I tempt uh, a scene with like one piece that works emotionally really well. And then if you shift it maybe a second later in the sequence and it, it already maybe, uh, highlight some moments that we didn't see before. And, and it tells us uh, a story in, in, in a better way, or, or we can say like maybe hitting those moments are, is cheesy and we should stay away from that. You know? So like, I think temp music is, is a great tool. Uh, but, but I think we need to be aware of, of not falling in love with it and, and staying open uh, to having conversations. Cause like, like I said earlier, I think uh, using that and, and having the, the conversations that can make us, uh, you know, work towards a better film great i mean you th that is very interesting you must have a huge bank of music or you must you must know a huge amount of music i'm not just talking film but i mean you must have a whole bank of classical and pop and rock and all kinds of music if you're temping this many films 
he must just have a huge <laughs> um, set of resources. Am I right in thinking that? Or yeah, yeah, no, definitely. There, there's a, a big, big old library, uh, you know, that I have that I've a- I have access to too as well. I work with Formosa, uh, which is a, a post production uh, group here with the. I work with the music group, and they they I have access to their library, which is awesome. You have basically you just typing like uh, by moods or by style or by you know, even years or composers. And, and, and that's a good tool to have also have like, you know, a local drive. And then, you know, we live in an age that you have like Spotify and YouTube and like all these things that for uh, the other day, I was looking for things that I, I, I like, uh, uh, Wagner's like wedding March, Mm -hmm. but made in like salsa style, you know, something (laughs) like that, that you're like, well, I, I don't have that in my arsenal or, or, you know, in my, my hard drive, but it must be out there. And, YouTube is a great resource or just like Google it, you know, and, and sometimes you'll find things for temp and then eventually like it will be a placeholder and we can replace it and re-record it and all that. But, but while you're putting the story together, you, you know, just basically you can just use any, any tool at your disposal. Oh, that is funny. I've got to look up, <laughs> got to look up Wagner's wedding march in salsa style now, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that'll, suddenly cool. get, that'll suddenly get a couple thousand new hits <laughs> for the next week or two. Um, yeah, so now, so we talked about temping and then we go on to the, to the part where the composer is actually writing the music for film. And that tends to happen pretty late in the production process. Of course, it depends on the, depends on the composer and it depends on the film, but, um, how closely do you work with the composer as he or she is writing? Well, I mean, usually the, the most important things that happens when the composer comes on board is a spotting session. And for that, we're, we're there sitting with the filmmakers, usually director, editor, sometimes the producers wants to be, want to be part of it. And basically we just sit down and watch the film and stop in every scene or every other scene and just discuss about what, if there's music, if not, and really define what the purpose. So basically by the end, the idea is for the composer to have uh, like a very detailed uh, and and uh, list and and instructions basically of where the music should go, how long it should play, uh, and and what it should be doing. If there's like themes involved, like we're playing this character or, or a different character, or basically, or maybe we just need like pace. So basically, basically just getting all the all the information from the director and what he or she has in mind to to for the composer to execute and and start writing. Um, and, and then from then on, usually the composer likes to go away and have some, some, some time for, for themselves to just write themes and to, to, uh, practice. Yeah. Well, to just, um, yeah, to just basically come up with a proposal and something that they have in mind, uh, and, and then present it and start all the like playbacks and, and rewrites and, and just fine tuning the, the, the final score. And then for that, I'm, I'm also usually fairly involved working with them, basically helping them stay organized, uh, with like. I create a cue sheet where you list all the music and, and you have like start times, end times and, and the description for each scene. And, and yeah, and then I'll, I'm, I'll be part of all the playback uh, meetings, take notes. Uh, and also if there's things like pictures constantly changing. So I'm, I'm tracking always working with the uh, editorial department, making sure that if picture changes, the composer is aware if they need to change music uh, to accommodate to the new scene, or if I, if I need to do uh, depending on where we are in the process, I would do it myself or, and send that the fixes to the composer, uh, and all that. But what, what is interesting is all composers I find work differently. And for example, on Finch, and I know some composer, I think Hans does that too, where he writes suites 
before uh, they go into like scoring to a picture. But in, in Finch, uh, Gustavo wrote a lot of music even before I started. He he wrote it inspired on on scripts and 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 on conversations he had with Miguel Sapochnik, the director. And so when by the time I, I started, I already had this this really awesome library of original music for the film that already had a lot of the DNA that Gustavo would you know continue to write and 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 actually ended uh, being in the, in the final film. So that already allowed me to like start even from the temping uh, process. I was already placing original score that in, in most of the scenes ended up being exactly as we cut them in, even though picture change, I was, you know, it evolved a little bit, but it was uh, the Gustavo's original intention and theme. And, and then for others, like it just helped uh, having them as placeholders. So Gustavo would, would know what theme would work where, and maybe if, we'd, if it needed additional orchestration or something, but at least we already have a lot of the DNA in the film, and that also well that also helps with the with the with the issue of temp love because if you fall in love and and with with the track and you're like well it's already yeah. part of the film, um, so that's that's yeah. Great. Um, just to be clear for for those who who don't know who are listening, uh, so Hans Zimmer and other composers as well often write long you know twenty minute or longer suites of music before even scoring to picture. So they're, they're basically writing out sketches or ideas. So for example, recently um, Zimmer wrote the score for Dune and he actually released an album called Dune Sketchbook, which is different from the Dune official soundtrack. It's called Dune Sketchbook and it's just like six or seven tracks. Each of them are about 20 minutes long and it's just a series of ideas. There's, and, and what this means for a music editor is that they're, they're then presented with these suites or these 15 minute, 20 minute long tracks of music, which they can then edit and try out in different scenes, put it, put it to picture in their own way before the actual, before the composer's actually written any music to picture. And I guess, as you say, yeah. sometimes those things that you do in the early process wind up being in the final product. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there, there's a scene in, in Finch where... Um... Jeff, the robot, uh, chooses his name and, and the, the piece that's there is, is, I mean, of course it was mixed and it was like polished and all that, but basically the placement is, is Gustavo's original theme that he wrote before, uh, we started before even they went into production, uh, or while they were in production. So, uh, think, and that same theme, like in different became a, a big theme in the film. Uh, and, and yeah. And then the other th cool thing about that, when you have, when you're working with a composer, usually you can get stems from, from those, uh, suites or from those like, uh, uh original compositions. Mm -hmm. And, and that way, like I can go in and, and there's a piece that works really well, but there's, there's an element that maybe like a percussion or something that's distracting in the scene. I can go in there and cut in the same way, but just remove that element or mix it in a way that, that doesn't uh, fight the scene. Um, so that's another great tool to have because it, it already informs a, a lot more of what could work there um, and eventually make, maybe yeah. make it to the end. So how does, um, I'm curious because you're, you're a composer as well. Um, I'm wondering how does composing or your experience with, with writing music for film tie into your skill as a music editor? Do you think there's a sort of overlap of, of skills there? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the most important one is just placing music to picture, uh, whether is whether I'm writing original music or I'm cutting someone else's music or temp music. 
uh, is just like the, 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 basically the, the practice of seeing what works and what doesn't and maybe anticipating of like, you know, Oh, if you, if you hit this moment right on the nose, it, it's not as effective as if you play it a second later with kind of like the music reacting to, to the actors and, and mm -hmm. to the, what the audience is, is, is seeing uh, or anticipating a scene. So I think just having like that practice of, like I said earlier, like temping a, a scene with different music many, many times, it already informs me what the scene is about and maybe what moments to hit. So I think just, basically that storytelling through music there's an overlap there but I, I i think i bring a lot of the tools when i'm music getting i bring a lot of the tools i i, I use as a composer like when uh cutting temp music sometimes i have two pieces of music that work really well from different films but there's like a gap or something that is not really working very well and, and it's fine to, it's hard to find a piece of music that would uh actually connect them both so i i would just go in and write something that would just bridge over the both pieces of music and oh, and then just it, it it's still temp and it will be discarded eventually but for previews or for the any screenings that we we might have the music works and and it worked with scene but musically it also makes sense because let's say it needs to modulate in a certain way or it needs to do certain things i can i can write something that would do that and or also i found a piece of music from a score that works really well but it's missing some elements and maybe some things that i can just overlay on top that i would write there on the spot and, and, and just enhance that piece of music that, that that's working. So I, I think that works really well. Uh, and then, I mean, another thing is being a composer. I, when I'm a music editor, I always wear my music editor's hat and, and I know there's a role that I need to uh, fulfill and not, you know, not cross lines, but I, I, I do use my, my, like my experience as a composer to when I'm a music editor, try and be in their shoes and anticipate maybe what they will need and and um yeah just kind of like understand where they are in the process or or at least uh get as close as i can like saying like what if i was a composer where would i be or maybe what what i would need a music editor to do or what would i need from the director and then that way i can i can sort of like get ahead of that and and help them uh in their in the process as well do you ever um I, again, I'm just curious. Do you ever get these moments where you'd think that, that, say, there's an action sequence or something? I don't know, and you think, well, the fast-paced music will obviously work well for this, but then you try something which just shouldn't work. I, I don't know. A slow. I'm, I'm being basic here. A, a fast-paced scene, and you put some really slow music on it, and then suddenly it works even better. Or just a piece of music that you would never expect to work with the scene, and you try it out. And um, it just completely enhances or changes, transforms the scene. Do you get those experiences, Mark? Yeah, yeah. It, it it doesn't happen as often as I would like to, but <laughs> it does happen. And 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 there's moments where, yeah, like I would literally one of those like important a piece of music that maybe it's for a different scene or maybe it is for that scene, but it just kind of like falls on the timeline. And I just hit play, and all of a sudden it starts revealing all these things that maybe I wasn't seeing picture because like the shift in the music happens. In a, in a look that maybe it's like something very subtle that was happening. You're like, Oh my God, that look is giving us all this information. So if the music is shifting in that moment, we're, 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 you know, we're hinting at, or, or that this is going to happen It's foreshadowing this, that if there's no music, maybe you could just like glance by and not, not really pay attention to it. So like things like that happen. And then also uh, very rarely, like I would just place a piece of music where of course it's temp music. It was written for a different movie, a different scene, but he just placed it in, 
somehow all the shifts and everything just worked perfectly. And I'm like, I don't have to do anything else. It just kind of like fell there and it's just like working perfectly. My job is done, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, it rarely happens, but it's always like, yeah, it's pretty, pretty kind of like amazing, but also very funny that it's like, how, what are the odds that this happens? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it must be tricky to make certain decisions, especially when multiple tracks are, are working really well and you have to decide which one's working better, I would have thought is um, a tricky decision-making process. I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask, and th this might be something that, that you don't do so often, but I know that with some TV series, especially if there've been dozens or hundreds of episodes, I don't know, children's TV series or that kind of thing, where they literally do run for hundreds of episodes, the music editor starts to take on a much more active role than the composer, because the composer in the early episodes will write most of their music and then there'll be a whole bank of music let's say um mm -hmm. i don't know yeah. arthur the children's tv show arthur which is probably been running for uh, five hundred thousand episodes or something the composer <laughs> will write a whole bunch of music for those episodes but then eventually there'll be such a large bank of music that the music editor can start using older music to score to picture does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, of course, it makes sense to you. <laughs> make no, sure it makes it, sense it, to the people it, listening it, as well. But the music editor will take um, will take tracks from you know episodes one, two, and three, and start using it to score episode eight and find making it fit the picture of episode eight. Makes the composer's life a lot easier, and it makes everyone's life a lot easier. I'm wondering if you've had experience doing that kind of thing with TV. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think with TV, because it's so fast paced, uh, I think in, 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 in films, I mean, sometimes, like you said, we, composers come in towards the end, maybe they have four weeks to score a whole film, but for uh, TV, I've been in, 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 in shows where we're delivering 30, 35 minutes of music every week uh, for a show. So that like the first few episodes are usually harder in the start of, of maybe season one, episode one, two, three, it's all maybe original music. But then, yeah, we build a, a, a huge library of, of, of the, the, the music for the, for the show. And, and it, well, it, it, it's, it has the DNA of the show. It has the sound of the show or the themes. And, and so it, it's a great tool. Just, we even send it sometimes to the, the, the picture editors while they're working on, on newer episodes. Or if it's a second season, all the music from the first season, we send it so they have it in their library. Because usually in, in films the the music the music era comes in more to work with the composer and and a lot of the temp work is done by the picture editors or the assistant picture editors um and and so if they have this library they're already cutting music that will help the composer know maybe what what's working sometimes you will even make it to the end as well because it's just working so well and it's already uh the the original music for for the tv show so that that happens all the time um yeah. and yeah and i think it's, it's just a great tool because you don't need to be reinventing things that are already working and are already have the DNA of the show. And, and it's just more using the, one of those tools that I love about music is the thematic material or just sounds like if you have some, a sound for the film, why change it if it's working or, or for the show? I mean, um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So do you find yourself as kind of a go between or the connection point between the composer and the editors? is you often having to communicate between the two departments. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, definitely. And, and usually I'm, I'm uh, more and more in the cutting rooms. I mean, right now cutting rooms are virtually sometimes virtual cause I'm, I'm working from home, but if not, like I'm, I'm there in, in the, like in the, in, with the 
picture editors and any picture changes that come in, that's a, that's a huge thing. Cause I've been in, in final labs basically where they're cutting picture after we recorded an orchestra and mixed and everything and pictures changing. So, so, uh, uh, mainly for that and, and also for other, for other things, but is, is, yeah, I'm constantly talking with the picture department and, and mm-hmm. the composer. Awesome. So I'm wondering if people listening, I don't know, we, we've got people of all kinds of ages from 18 years old to people in their sixties. Um, if, if, if there are people listening who wanted to get into this line of work, what advice would you have for them? Um, I mean, I think, well, one, you have to love it very much because <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely not, not, I wouldn't say like it's the easiest work. I, I, I just love what I do and I don't see myself doing anything else, but I, I know it like, you know, it's long hours and, and, and all that, but ultimately I, I would say learn the tools very well. I think one thing that helped me at least get my foot in was knowing Pro Tools very well mm-hmm. and, and, um, and understanding like. I, I, I went to school for like audio production and, and all that. So that, that was very helpful. Uh, but then I think watch a lot of movies, listen to a lot of music, uh, and I think get inspired. And, and if you, if you, if you like while watching movies, like try to maybe watch it once for fun, but, uh, but then like break it down a little bit. I think even, even for, as a composer, what I love to do is just open up uh, a score and just read it and, and study it and, and, and learn. I think, the films are, are there and we can do that as well. Um, so I think that's a great tool to have to see how some like Hans score a scene or how, uh, you know, Gustavo Santolaja writes a scene because they're, they both have very different sensibilities and, and different styles. Uh, and all that is really out there. You just like, Oh, like Netflix or HBO. And then it's just yeah. there that you can just watch it and, and, and see. So. And did yeah. you, did you find yourself taking on, um, like assistant editing jobs first or, or, um, general filmmaking jobs or composing jobs? What, what were your sort of early jobs before being sort of full-time music editor? Yeah, well, it, it's funny. My, my journey to be a music editor was, uh, was like, I basically kind of like started discovering as I was I started working. So I, I, I started working as a composer assistant. Uh, and, and then there I learned a lot of the skills uh, that a music editor does. Because sometimes we worked on projects that had a music editor so I could see firsthand how, how they worked but some of the lower budget projects didn't uh, allow for music editors. So I would end up doing the music editing work. So I kind of like built up those skills. And then eventually, like, I, I think I, one of my first music editing jobs, I was working as an arranger for, for the film. Uh, and, and so I knew the score very well. And, and the music editor was also the music mixer on it. So he was mixing while they needed someone to be at the dub stage for the final mix. So they asked me if I wanted to go in as a music editor to finish it and to be in the final dub. So I, I, I loved it. I jumped at the idea. Besides it was also in Skywalker ranch, which I was like, I get to go to Skywalker ranch for two weeks and do music editing for a film that I've been working on. I was like, it sounds amazing. So I kind of like started getting calls like that at first, like, Hey, the music editor is not available, but you're familiar with the music. Can you come in for a few weeks and, and help us out? And, and so started building my, my music editing credits. And then eventually I did work as a, in a few projects, as a, a, a system music editor or additional music editor, and then eventually started uh, getting my own projects as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, uh, finally, where can we find out more about you and, or even hear some of your work? Where can we find out more about you? Well, I have um, uh, a website, uh, SebastianZuleta.com or SebastianZuleta.com. And I have a lot of my music there. 
Um, and then IMDb, I, I think too, is a great resource to, to see what, what I've been, I've, I've done and the new things that are coming up. Um, and, and yeah, and hopefully very soon I, we're still on festival, uh, like the festival routes, but I scored this amazing and beautiful film uh, called unidentified objects. Uh, uh, we finished it uh, over the summer and, uh, yeah, we're just getting and spreading the word and just getting it out there, hopefully getting to some festivals and, but yeah, that one was a lot of fun to do. Um, good luck with that. That's unidentified object. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'll look out for it. Well, thank you very much, Sebastian. It was great to chat. Very interesting to, to talk about this line of work. So thank you very much. Cool. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for having me.